This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome everybody back to Brown's Film Breakdown podcast. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer for the OBR, Cleveland.com, operator of Brown's Film Breakdown. Coming at you guys here as we enter the first week of the offseason. Things are moving pretty quickly for the Browns, obviously looking to fill the head coaching vacancy. You were looking at uh, interviews that have been completed now for Greg Williams, interview completed for Jim Caldwell, interview completed for Kevin Stefanski as well. Looks like the Browns are going to be announcing all of the interviews on their social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, all the above. So uh, it's going to be interesting. As this moves along, I would imagine they have announced that Freddie Kitchens will um, get an interview at some point next week. Sounds like the same for Mike McCarthy. I don't know. I don't know what way it's going. I continue to say we only know 5% of these guys and what they actually can do, what their vision is, all of those things. So just sit tight. Uh, It sounds like today and a conversation that's popped up, the tea leaves are reading that they want to keep Freddie Kitchens here. They're denying anybody looking to interview Freddie as an OC. Looks like a lot of people have tried to do that. Several teams have tried to uh, get Kitchens in for an interview there, and the Browns are blocking it. So unless it's a head coach offer, which we've heard nothing about, um, that's all we know right now is that that we have not heard of any uh, interview requests for Freddie Kitchens as far as a head coach. So uh, it looks like the Browns want to keep him as a part of their future. And uh, at that point, whether it's Freddie's the head coach, whether it's uh, trying to see if he can he can find a role on the next head coach's staff if he's not the guy. That looks like the angle that's being uh, being taken here. So it will be interesting to see what direction this all goes. Nothing has changed. The status quo is still the same. We don't really know anything definitive other than some of the names that will be um, in and out of here. So we'll keep our eye close to that as we keep doing some pods. But I think you guys are going to like today's guest. So let's hop on over, uh, visit with Barstool's Jeff D. Lowe. Okay, guys, excited to welcome in Jeff D. Lowe. You guys know Jeff on Twitter. Uh, pretty much the same handle, right? F- at Jeff D. Lowe on yep. Twitter, right? You guys, uh, I would imagine everybody's following him. He does great work. He's the host of the uh, Lights Camera Pod, Barstool's movie podcast. I can't recommend it enough. I've asked him 100 DM questions about movies. He's probably annoyed with me, but I got him to come <laughs> <No>. on. <laughs> got him to come on, right? He uh, used to be Good Morning America before the uh, Barstool venture. Yep. And uh, yeah, he writes on the Browns for Barstool. That's cool, right, man? Yeah, it's uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've, I I was not hired at Barstool to write about the Browns, but uh, we'll get into it because we'll talk Baker. But I ended up uh, it was suggested that hey, you may as well. No one's talking about him there, so yeah. I, I guess I I write a little bit about the Browns now here and there when I have time. Well, yeah, they win some games. People read, right? That's that's what I figured <laughs> out this year, right? I started doing it last right? year, but nobody, nobody cared what I was doing. Then all of a sudden, they get this this Mayfield character. They win some games, and it's uh it's like a launch pad for everybody. So. 
Um, yeah, heck yeah, man. Let's talk. So, so, so cover this with me, Jeff. How the heck did you become a Browns fan in the first place? My dad is from Aurora. Uh, mm. I never lived in Cleveland. Uh, my dad met my mom in Connecticut. I lived in Connecticut for, let's see, from, I was, I was born in 91. So I moved in 2004 from Connecticut to Austin, Texas. Lived in Austin. Actually went to high school by where Baker went. Um, and not, not the same age as Baker, but I, I went right by Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then went to school at Penn State, moved to New York, and now I'm here. But my dad raised me an all-Cleveland sports fan uh, from the second I was born. Had baby pictures and brown stuff. So I, uh, I, I'm born, born and bred that way. Wasn't an Ohio State fan for a little while until I went to Penn State because my major. So I'm not a Buckeye fan anymore. But uh, I'm, I'm Cavs, Indians, Browns through and through. So. That's awesome, man. We're, we're, we're happy about the last one now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> finally. Finally. Finally, indeed. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring you on. So, I know that you guys did at Barstool a really cool feature with Mayfield kind of doing the whole press conference bit, which was hilarious. I thought you guys nailed that. And uh, obviously, raising money through, uh, I think, his merchandise, right? You guys did some merchandise with him to raise some money for the Special Olympics. I just kind of want to know you spent more time with him than almost anybody I've had on the pod. I mean, how was he? Was he receptive to everything? Did he come up with ideas? Is he down to earth? All that stuff. Oh, it's super down to earth. Like, we, he didn't know we were going to do like the press conference stuff, like right on the spot. He was kind of ad libbing with us. He's, I, so he did the interview part of my take, PFT commenter, for people who don't know part of my take, which I feel like in the sports world, that would be very few people. Um, PFC hired me. He's the one that brought us on. He's friends with one of my co-hosts, Trill Ballins, for a long time. He brought us on, so I'm close to PFD. Like, hey, you got to come with us. And we do the bake interview. They launched the, the merchandise, which sold out immediately. We actually had some up today. is January 3rd. And we actually put some back on the uh, Barstool store. I think it's all gone already. It was 100% of the net proceeds going to Special Olympics of Ohio. It was awesome. Uh, so they, they brought me out there with them. And if you... If, if no, if people haven't heard the interview, it's a must listen. It's a really good interview. But I would actually suggest, um, and they they have millions of listens, so they, they they don't need to iTunes subscribe. I would listen on YouTube. I would watch it on YouTube because you actually see his reactions. His laugh is like Baker's laugh is weird. <laughs> he didn't laugh like out loud at some stuff. He kind of like put his head down and laughed into his hand because PFD and Big Cat are pretty sarcastic with stuff. Like when they talked about. Uh, Jason McIntyre, though he he was actually a little more upfront about McIntyre. He was like basically called the guy a bum, um, and he explained he explained about you know how when McIntyre went after him for texting after the Jets game, he's like I was actually talking to my family because my family wasn't at the game because they didn't think I was going to play. So he had a lot of great insight on that. But I would suggest watch the YouTube video because his reactions, like the interview is great in itself, but like seeing him react to some of the questions, like you just get the sense of who he is. Um, it was it was it was awesome. It was really cool. He's a great guy. Uh, we didn't have a, a ton of ton of time. Like I wish we'd have had like you know two full interviews worth of time. But it was still great to be there with him and to see him answer the questions. And you can just tell he just has this vibe to him. It's just, it's just a different vibe. And like I've been around, like you said, I work in GMA and I, I've been around plenty of athletes. And athletes are typically pretty down to earth. But there's just a different there's there's a different feel with him. You know, he just you can literally see the chip on his shoulder. Like that's that's like that's like the thing you get from this guy. And, but you, it's in a good way. It's not like, Oh, this guy's a pain in the ass. Right. Like, like he just, he, he's cause he wants to succeed. And you could see that just from being right there with him. And you get that through the media, but in person, it was, it was like, he was even more just the way he was replying to things. Like, and then they asked about like his list, his, the, the list that he keeps, or it used to be a list, but now it's in his phone of the people that 
like all the haters. And he was so dead serious about it. You're like, that's awesome. Like the guy just wants to win. The guy just wants to be successful. Um, and just, just a good dude. So it, it was really cool doing that. We did a little hard knocks parody. We did the fake press conference with him. And, uh, I, I was bought in to begin with, and then I was even more bought in after that. Um, because he, he was awesome. Yeah, he was. There's certainly sometimes those people you run into in life where you don't you don't know uh, quite what that trait is, but they call it it, right? That it factor, and he's he's what I like to label a needle mover. Right? He's taken Cleveland and uh, kind of grabbed it by the throat, and he's running with it, man. And that's cool. I'm I'm glad you have a positive review of of who he is. Yeah, because it it does get he, misconstrued. I I would say that there's a lot of like athletes or celebrities. And for the most part, most of them I've ever met in my life have been great. But there's a lot of them where they have this front when you see them in the media, on camera, and then you meet them off camera and it's totally different. It's like an act. And so much because they're more reserved, but so much because they're fake and you just, that is not him. Like, he is throwing through the person he is on everything I've seen so far. And that's just, and I've heard that, excuse me, just from people who've seen him just like, you know, I'm from Austin and stuff, people who've known him. That's just who he is. And that makes it even cooler. Like, that's, that's all I can... I mean, honestly, you could take the, the biggest blowhard and we, if the Browns won a Super Bowl, I'd still be happy. But the fact that it's a guy that's relatable and cool, that makes it even better. Like, that's, that's, that, that brings it to another level. Yeah, and I'd say there's a little bit of that to just kind of the, uh, like you're saying there, Jeff, the everyman feel, right? He's just an average height guy. He doesn't look like Tom Brady. He doesn't look like Peyton Manning. He's not overwhelmingly big. It's just, it's somebody really relatable for Cleveland. And it's, uh, yeah, man, it's an awesome fit. So, um, yeah, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to, I'm really interested. I obviously put a lot of my takes out there about who should be the head coach and who should call plays. And Mm -hmm. it's all over the map. We get, I always tell people this, we probably get 5% of the necessary information to understand what's a good decision with this coaching hire and what's a bad decision. Cause there's so much a coach lays out in terms of what his vision is and his roster thoughts and, and management thoughts. And all. there's so much, man, you just got to be in that room to know. I mean, it's just, a, there's a lot of moving parts. So I like everybody's opinion. So I've, everybody I've brought on recently, I've kind of threw it at them. I say, Hey man, who, if you had an ideal head coach, uh, set up structure, who would, who would that be? So, uh, I'm interested in your thoughts. Yeah, well, I'm glad we were supposed to do this a couple weeks ago. I'm glad we're doing it now because now I don't have to look like a fool saying I still want Lincoln Riley. Um, <laughs> I don't think I, he'd be a fool. Maybe, I mean, it's just he, you know, he doesn't it doesn't want to jump yet. It's nothing wrong with that, right? I, I don't blame him. And you know what? The, I watched. I'll, I'll get to my thoughts, but I watched the U Part Two recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't watched it in a while, and and Butch Davis talked about the jump to the Browns and how. You know, it wasn't about going to Cleveland. It was just about the timing. Like, he just did it too soon. And that was, that's was that been stuck in the back of my head since then with Lincoln Riley. Like, Lincoln Riley, I think, is ready to go. But he's at that point in his career where it's like, man, if it doesn't work, that is just – that's a bad move. Mm-hmm. So, I've kind of had in the back of my head. I mean, I love Lincoln Riley. Like, I, I just I, – I've hated Oklahoma my whole life, just despise them. It has nothing to do with me living in Austin because I don't care for UT either. Mm-hmm. But, like, after Baker, I'm just, like, the biggest Lincoln fan. So I hope it works out for him. But for the Browns now, I'm – it's tough. And you obviously follow me on Twitter. Anyone that does follow me, I'm not – I was not the biggest Freddie and Greg Williams fan. I probably like Freddie a little more in terms of the football stuff than Greg Williams. But I'm, I'm leaning at this point to Freddie Kitt. Period. He just needs to be there. There's, you you can't take that away. And I I I would be willing to bet a lot of money that Dorsey knows that too. You can't take him away from Baker. There's just a connection there. And you know that's the case with uh, McVeigh and Goff. Like Goff changes the person when when McVeigh went in there. Like just as a quarterback, 
he just became a different player. And that's literally what happened with, with not that Baker was bad before they fired Todd Haley, but he, he, he was clearly showing promise, but he looked like a, a different level when Freddie Kitchens comes in. And like, you just can't, you can't get rid of that. I was pretty critical. I think his late game play calling is very conservative. And I don't love that in today's NFL. Maybe that's like the Doug Peterson effect from like just watching last year, even this year with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't love that. But he's also new to it. So, you know, like I, I kind of shy off that a little bit. I didn't love some of the calls in the first half against the Ravens either. But, you know, what? again, I keep reminding myself, like, this is his first time calling plays. I think he's going to get the feel for it. And it's like it was kind of a weird situation with this team, too, because they were in the playoff hunt. But even then, like, there's a lot of rookies and it was still a long shot. So I, he, he would probably – right now be my pick though today the tea leaves are kind of weird because you know there it sounds like he ain't going anywhere <laughs> regardless yeah. like unless yeah. whoever they hire is like no i don't want him which i that'd be weird right he's like, like one of the most likable guys in. i've ever seen like i i mean just interviews yeah. and stuff i would be totally blown away if say they brought in mike mccarthy and mike mccarthy's like i don't want that jag off here like i don't i just don't get that vibe yeah yeah and so, I mean, uh, he has to stay no matter what in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with him being head coach at this point. But I, I, at the same time, maybe it makes more sense for OC with an older head coach. And that kind of warms me up to Arians a little bit. Um, I don't know who he'd bring in as DC. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I, I mentioned Bulls, but I know there could be a scheme switching on us. So, like, that's a whole different thing for me. But I don't mind Arians. I don't love Jim Caldwell, but I also get that he's respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't love McCarthy either because there's obviously been some stuff that's gone down with him. There's been some respect stuff here and there, and like Demarius Randall and just some like how he handled Aaron Jones this year. But if the play calling is Freddie Kitchens, I can kind of I can accept that more. But I think Arians would be the one if if Kitchens is OC that I'd be okay with because then if Kitchens is OC, you can't bring in a young coach. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, that, yeah. that doesn't, that just doesn't line up for me for how, for, for what kitchens would be as OC. Cause then, you know, he's gone soon because if it's a young head coach, he's not going to stick around. But I think Arians, like, I think, you know, they know each other. I think their, their respect would be there where I think he would wait, um, wait, wait to, to learn it. Cause you also want him to still become a better play caller. And I, and I know just based off everything we've seen, it's not always the easiest thing to do to do that as a head coach as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. you know, in your first job. So uh, that that's where I'm leaning, and, I, and all respect to Greg Williams because I'm <laughs> I I don't love Greg's speaking of schemes. I don't love Greg Williams' aggressiveness. I thought defense adjusted better to Lamar in the second half, even though they still got some yards put up on them. Mm-hmm. But the aggressive style, I mean, I, I I can't I still can't stop thinking about the Raiders game, how aggressively he blitzed Derek Carr, and how bad of a move that was because of how quickly Carr gets rid of the ball. I just that game still irks me to this day that they lost that Raiders game. Um, but I will forever respect Greg Williams for turning this team around. Like, I, I know like people joke about like Sashi, like, oh, Sashi's the Brown Sam Hinky from the Sixers, right? Mm-hmm. But Greg, if Greg's gone and this team is good, even next year or beyond, he's kind of got that same effect too because he changed the attitude, and I will forever respect Greg Williams for that. But I'm not sure he has a – I don't know where his place is, you know? It's I don't weird. know because I don't, I don't love the defense he runs. Yeah, it's very weird, man. I, I, I try to think too – when I think of, because some people I respect, Doug Farrar, the USA Today foot lead, one of their lead football writers, has mentioned Keith mm-hmm. and Greg. Like, I'm, I'm, I, it is the weirdest situation for where I view him as a head coach, because the Greg that I knew before Week Nine, I could not stand, and I couldn't stand him yeah. for so many reasons. 
and then he becomes the head coach, and it's just like this totally different dude. And it's like, I don't, I don't, you know, his press conferences were very thoughtful and very, the, the questions were being answered in a way that was, you know, like taking ownership and, and, and giving you thoughtful reactions to things instead of, I got to look at the tape and I don't know what to, it was different. And it's just, it, it is, it is the hue effect. Was it, was it so much hue was so bad that you get, you get Greg and it's just a little more level of competence, but yeah, man, the, the, the hat has to go off to him for him to, and I said the same thing for Freddie, whether Freddie stayed or not, to to do what they did for this team and what felt like a second season that was completely different than the first season, I probably will never forget as long as I live. They made Browns football fun again for the first time in a decade, and they led men. They led men for the, for the first time I've been watching them in forever. I felt like they had a leader of men, and it translated. Now, what the future is with him, I don't get the vibe like you, Jeff, don't get the vibe that he is what's best for this place. Um, I'm with you. Arian seems to be the best path. I also have this thought in my mind of like, if Freddie's not ready to be a head coach, then who is right? He's been in the league for a long time. Yeah, He's been in the league for a long time. A lot of people respect him. I think that this is all, I'll, I'll shut up after this, but I think people, get, <laughs> people get this idea with McVeigh of you have to, you have to, you have to, if you're going to be a young coach, you have to look like McVeigh, you have to sound like McVeigh, and you have to call plays like McVeigh. It just all of it needs to look like him or Kyle Shanahan, because these two guys are like these young, good-looking dudes with very sharp press conferences and very sharp yep. tone of voice, and you know their vernacular is very impressive. And then you get Freddie, and like you hear Freddie talking, it's just like Southern drawl, and it just sounds different. And he's a little, you know, he's a bigger guy, he's a little overweight, and he doesn't look good, like. He would be the yeah. he would be the first to say this, but what I'm getting at is like, and I fell into this trap. Like this is just me, and I'm willing to admit it. Well, the first time I heard him talk, and the first, you know, as I look, I'm like, this guy can't be a play. Like, there's no way this guy can think on his toes and call plays and lead Mayfield in this offense. It just didn't feel right. But man, I was wrong, and like, I, and then I got to thinking like, it was really wrong of me to think that way. And he's obviously proven to be as good a play caller, an adjustment maker, a scheme developer, a a, a scheme mirror is what I call it. Um, and trick played kind of guru um, than anybody. And may- maybe these guys don't have to all look alike and sound alike to be good at it. Yeah. So um, I don't know, man. I'm okay with him being the head coach. I also am okay with, like you said, Jeff, you know, the Arians path where you lay out a really clear plan. Hey, Bruce is going to be here three years. And after those three years, you, uh, you know, you, 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 you pass on the torch or whatever. You build it in the contract that he's the coach. To be. I don't know. It's very interesting, man. I, I like your point on Arians. I think he's, he makes the most sense. I'm not sure why we haven't heard any more buzz because he was very public about it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he he. The thing with Kitchens too, of of why like why again I have to remind myself like with the situation he's in and like obviously Greg Williams, you know, their his philosophies and everything when he became head coach, his son and all that. But like, and and, and Greg Williams has been a head coach, been in the NFL for a long time, but he's not an offensive mind. And that's a, the funny thing is is that. Q is under. I, I I will, I I will say I will say no more words. I said I wouldn't say any more about Haley and Hugh. But anyway, he was under Hugh and Todd Haley. That should be enough to be said there. Mm-hmm. So like he wasn't, he hasn't had that guy as the offensive coordinator yet in his career to like kind of show him the ropes. And I, I think he can be the head coach, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world either to have some like Arians or have somebody who who knows offensive systems throughout you know their career in the NFL where they can really you know, show him the ropes and, and, and show him, you know, how to kind of progress his play calling. 
Um, because again, there are some things that I didn't love that he did, mm-hmm. but there are also some stuff that's like, oh man, that's genius. I mean, I, I the, the Landry was a jet sweep, right? The Landry jet sweep that he ripped off twice, one for a touchdown, yeah, the one little, for like 50 yards. little belly counter play. Yeah, that thing was Yeah, great. and that was like, I mean, that you're just like, oh, that's great. Like, Browns have a, the, the only play that Browns have ran for the last 15 years is the nine-yard pass play on third and ten. So, like, that's for once something that's actually fun to watch. Yeah, I'm so, with you. I'm with you, man. It's like, like you said, he's young, he's learning. You can You can learn what to knock out of a playbook as you go or learn what not to call in situations, but having the ability to, from, from Monday to Saturday, look at tape, like they looked at tape. Like if you analyze those two wide open touchdowns that they schemed from quad set, the four by one against Baltimore, those were, those were plays that they found. One of them, they pulled from their week five bag when they burnt Tony Jefferson for a touchdown in Cleveland on that 12, nine win. The other one was from the week before against the chargers where they put them in a bind they missed it because Rivers got pressured. Mayfield didn't get pressured, and it was wide open. Like that stuff is 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 unbelievable. Like that is what you want. You can cut out all the other clutter. Like you can learn. Hey, I probably shouldn't throw. You know, when they when they went to the full house or wish wing. Sorry, I'm, it's a wishbone inverted wishbone backfield. They threw that Dontrell Hilliard interception against Atlanta, where they went to it too many times. Got a little cute. Mm. Like that's the stuff you can knock out. But the creativity things. And the ability Monday through Saturday to find schemes that work and working with the young quarter, like that stuff doesn't just grow on trees. And I tried to make that pretty clear today. Like you can, you can probably make this work with another OC and another head coach. You probably could, but that is far from guaranteed. And the Browns have actually, they found it. They found that answer here. So why are we running from it? It's just very strange. It's a, it's a psyche thing, but I'll leave with this, Jeff. What, what do you, what do you think they got to get better at? Where, where do they need to improve uh, you know, if you're looking at them opening week of, uh, of 2019, what, uh, what areas have to be better for them to take the next step? Linebacker. Yep. I mean, uh, it's just the, the line and, and I like, and I, it might've been you. I, I don't want to attribute this to you if it wasn't you, but you even mentioned, I think to somebody that cause somebody mentioned all the absence of Kirksey, but even Kirksey wasn't all that great. Did you yeah, say that, that was me, yeah. before he got hurt? And like, and I, I love Christian Kirksey. He's got that attitude where he's a guy that like, if this team goes and wins, you would hate him not to be there because he's just been vocal. He stuck it out. He's had great seasons. Uh, obviously, Schobert's, Schobert, I mean, Schobert, Schobert, the most unassuming Pro Bowler in the history of the NFL. Um, but oh man, Jamie Collins, and he'll make a play here and there. You're like, oh my god. But the, the linebacking, I mean, just the tackling is so atrocious. And like, I, I hammered Greg for and the defensive staff for how they called that first half against. Lamar and aggressive, and I know somebody mentioned just like the aggressive one gap technique they took was absurd with him, mm-hmm. um, and he got they got completely burned by it. But the tackling was also terrible. So for like for as much as I like I hammer Greg for what they would call throughout the season, he did have some right calls where they just couldn't tackle, uh, and, and it was for the most part always the linebackers. Mm-hmm. They just they got improved there. They they got improved there. Um, I, I'd like someone on the other end because Ogba didn't really do this year what I thought he would i still like an Agua, but i i like another piece on the other end of uh miles garrett i think the secondary is pretty good if they're healthy um I, I like the secondary if they're healthy um which was not the case at all this year uh, which i don't think it's talked about enough their secondary was just i mean ravaged after terrence mitchell got hurt against the raiders um yeah. but i think it has to be linebackers because I, I i love the offense you know the the left tackle situation is you know greg robinson played better than uh um Oh man, I'm drawing a blank in his Desmond name. Harrison. Oh, Desmond. Yeah, Desmond Harrison. Yep. Uh, you know, whatever they do with Corbett, but 
And, and I like the receivers. I am like the biggest Antonio Callaway stand there is. I love Antonio Callaway. Mm-hmm. He shut everybody up in the second half of the season, right? Mm-hmm. When he, with the exception of that Texans fumble, when when he, he kind of got out of the shadow of having to fill in for Josh Gordon, because that was kind of crazy that he ended up filling in for Gordon when Gordon went out. Yeah. He, I mean, I think he's going to be a star. And I love Higgins. So I love the, the offensive worrying. It's If they can shore up the linebacking situation, I, I oh, man. I, I hate being so excited for next season, especially because it terrifies me. Because <laughs> the last time they got a lot of primetime games yeah, was away after. Yeah. Um, and Carson Palmer made fun of them. Do you remember that? They're like, oh, he's yeah. like, this team doesn't deserve primetime. And then they they played right into his hand because they stunk. And then even more so is that the the Browns and Baker now like a, a marketing tool. Like Baker's in commercials, and you're mm-hmm. like, I I can't remember the last Browns player to like be in commercial. I can't think of any off the top of my head that being a commercial. So like that, that it worries me because now there's like, now there's a different vibe. But you know what? I, I, that's it. That is stupid to say to you. I shouldn't be worried. I should be soaking it. We should all be soaking it in. Oh, it's the Browns. You always think it's Murphy's law, man. It's, it's always going to be Murphy's law until, until they figure But you know, at at the end of the day, I keep trying to think back to um, Mayfield is different. And I think that you have a culture changer and, and I don't think he's going to let these guys take a step backward, uh, whether it's mentally or physically or whatever. I think he's going to challenge everybody. And I, I just, I believe in him. And I, I, I'm with you, though. I have a fear in my mind, too, of what if they come out and they're one and three with this new head coach. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of questions being asked. I get it. I'm there, too, man. I don't, I don't, the, the 08 year made me really question my understanding of what's a good football team. And I was young at the time and all that stuff. But, yeah, I'm with you. It'll be It'll be interesting to see how they handle expectations. I think I'm with you, though, as far as the offense goes. It's the first time in a long time where I've looked at the entire for the group and thought they could run it back and they'd be fine. I, I would be confident that they could score points. Yeah. And they could get – like my point this offseason has been if you're going to do anything offensively, you don't have to spend any money to plug holes, which is a first. You could probably improve depth at a couple spots, but – Go after somebody big. Go after a big-time wide receiver if you want to, if that's something you want to yeah. they're, they're actually looking for upgrades to star players. That's different. Defensively, I'm with you. Linebacker needs to challenge. I think they got to find another interior player or two next to uh, Larry Ogunjobi. They could improve the defensive end opposite Miles Garrett and have Ogba be a rotation guy. The defense needs more attention. I think it gets more attention. But, yeah, man, it is, it is, a, it is a roster that you can win with. They've proven such, and – it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I, I we could do this all night, but I gotta I gotta cut it short. I do want to do two things with you before you go. You uh, t- tell everybody what the uh, um, lights camera pod, what you guys do over there at Barstool with the movie reviews. We're just uh, we're a movie podcast that talks about movies like you with your friend. We're a little loopy, a little goofy, but we have two uh, we have two pods a week. Uh, we interview some some actors here and there. Starting to do that more since we got picked up by Barstool in mm-hmm. May of last year, but. Uh, Two episodes a week. You review all the new movies, every new movie that comes out. So, and we're gonna we're kicking off some YouTube stuff too. Going to do some like breakdowns of comic book movies and just get you for people who don't know, like Endgame, for example, Avengers. Well, mm-hmm. we'll do some you know kind of breakdown. Like this is what you have to know, and then I'm going to be doing video reviews on YouTube as well. So that's awesome. It, it's it's one stop shop for like not snobby, just kind of fun light movie content. Yeah, I can't. I can't uh, suggest it more, guys. I, I it's, it's replaced. It's replaced IMDb for me. I, I look up all your reviews. I uh, I make suggestions and name drop you like you're my best friend or something when I tell people, hey man, I saw this got a good review. So um, take that for what it's worth. And then two movies you're looking forward to this year, Jeff. I know it's a big movie year. What are your two? Uh, uh, I'll say this: remove Star Wars, remove Avengers, because <laughs> those are the two big ones. Um, what are your two others? Uh, 
Um, yeah, that's like cheating to make you do that. <laughs> Obviously, it's the Avengers. But um, for well, I think us, Jordan Peele coming out in a few months. Mm. If, if he, if us is as good as Get Out was, that's insanity. Um, that's just that. That's crazy because because for him to go from comedy to making crazy thriller and horror movies would just be unthinkable and impressive um he follows our podcast on twitter and he hasn't gotten back to my dm so he needs to do that too he he come on our show um and then show. after that I, I i have been suckered into wanting to see godzilla mm. I, which is just crazy and like i, I see everything by Millie bobby brown right? mainstream yeah but i'm just like I, these trailers are insane like there's other ones like jojo rabbit and once upon a time in hollywood i'm excited for that but godzilla i I, I can't believe I'm excited for a Godzilla movie. That's just ridiculous. So yeah, I'm excited for this. Let me just say too, you uh, the, the the love goes back. I, I have used your tweets in every single Browns thing I've read. I think you're the absolute one of the best follows on all NFL Twitter. So oh, thanks. Gotta, I, this is this. Yeah, I was when you mastered me to come on. I was I was excited. Your your Brown stuff, especially anyone who just likes Baker. Like I, I tweet that stuff out. Your some of your stuff and your breakdowns of Baker. People aren't Browns fans. You just love Baker now. So I just. Credit to you. You got the absolute best Browns coverage on Twitter. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that, man. Guys, find Jeff at, at Jeff D. Lowe if you're not following him. I imagine you are. If you're not, follow the man. Follow at Lights Camera Pod. Um, jump on Barstool. Read his Browns content. It's as good as anybody's you know, putting out there. But, um, yeah, just, just follow the man. super nostalgic. Yeah, that's right. Very follow nostalgic content. <laughs> I, I, will, I will drop the 2002-2003 team all the time, but I hope this team is good enough where I don't have to do that anymore, <laughs> that I have another good team to reference. <laughs> that's right. We can reference year to year to year, which is a lot more fun. Jeff, thanks for coming on, buddy. Of course, man. Thank you very much. All right, guys. We'll be right back. I want to again thank Jeff for, for joining us, taking some time out of his day. I know he's a busy guy, does a lot. Uh, I, I urge you to pay attention to his movie reviews, one of the best out there. Jeff also knows a good amount about the Browns. Really good discussion at Jeff D. Lowe. Again, is his handle at Lights Camera Pod is his podcast handle, right, for uh, the Barstool movie podcast. So um, just a reminder, you know, guys, we will be updating this search as we go. I'll be updating my thoughts. I gave some thoughts on Chris Richard, who's my main target for the uh, Browns defensive coordinator position if they do move on from Greg Williams and have that job become open. Richard is the uh, defensive backs coach, helps with their pass game coordination on defense, uh, has a history with Seattle. Seattle didn't want to let him go, moved on to Dallas where he's at now as a part of that Dallas defense that carried them to the playoffs. I do think if the Browns decided to give this guy a good amount of money, I do know Richard's also interviewing for uh, other head coaching vacancies, but I don't think he's going to get a role yet. Maybe I could be surprised by that, but I just don't see him getting a head coaching job yet. Thought it would be a good idea for the Browns to entertain the idea of throwing a good amount of money at him and giving full control of the defense. And you got a pretty good defensive coordinator right there to go along with Freddie Kitchens and whatever they decide to do on the offensive side of the football. So, um, yeah, I'll, ju I'll just keep throwing names out there. I think guys that could that could stick and do a really good job. And um, we'll just keep updating this as we go. Nobody knows anything inside the building in Berea. It's going to be kept hush-hush until they make announcements. Until that time, I'll keep trying to throw some information at you guys. Posted a couple clips on Baker Mayfield's 14 interceptions, some of his best throws. Urge you guys to look at those. I think there's quite a few things that we can learn about the young quarterback that way. But otherwise, guys, iTunes reviews, ratings, all of those are fantastic. Always appreciate it. We're up over 10,000 uh, followers on Twitter, which is also fantastic. Really appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the support you give us. Brown's Daily Mock Draft. Stephen Thomas has jumped over to post his daily mocks on the site now. Uh, we will have a site up and running before too long as well. Um, yeah, that's that's the good news. We're going to have uh, total Browns coverage for you guys throughout the remainder of the offseason and into 2019. Uh, you know, we're going to be joined by 
uh, as many guests as we can leading up to the combine and the senior bowl and the draft and all that fun stuff to get you guys prepared. Uh, but I will remind you too that Jordan Zerm's doing his pod, uh, the rebuild. I'll be jumping over there to uh, do a little co-host next week with him, a little uh, crossover action. So catch the rebuild, subscribe to that if you guys are already doing that. And then also another blue wire pod is my fave is is the uh, the chase down pod right that that Carter and Justin are doing on the Cavs. So it's good to stay up to beat with them uh, on what's going on. But otherwise, guys, uh, stay tuned. Uh, keep keep following Browns Film Breakdown. We'll update you as we go. Get you as much content as we can. Get a couple YouTube videos up breaking down the Browns defense and some quarterback play stuff you become accustomed to. So keep following along, guys. And as usual, go Browns.